Hey everyone and welcome to Locked On Guardians. Today's show, we got another win, a five-game winning streak. We'll get into the overtime winner. We're going to preview Toronto. We're going to take questions from the fans. And we're going to talk about what is happening with Jose Ramirez, all on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to take a second and say today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As I mentioned, I'm Jeff Ellis. I've been the host of this podcast since its inception. Before that, it was a lead draft, mostly draft, also prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7 and many a Cleveland sports blog. Uh, this is where I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day wherever you get podcasts. And this is where I'm going to uh, call out to the fans. I need to know about, if you are specifically an audio listener, how the sound has been. I This is actually take three of the show tonight because I'm trying to juggle the video and also recording separately the sound instead of doing it in one place because I feel like sometimes the sound is hit or miss on the OBS. So let me know how it's been this week, specifically if you are audio only. Please hit me up on my Twitter, at JeffMLBDraft. It's, it's just trickier to handle both. It would actually be easier when the podcast is over if I did them separately, but during the recording of me trying to like juggle between stuff, it just adds another layer that's going to make me not as good. That's just honest. So, But I'm willing to to do it to make sure the audio quality is solid and eventually I'll be fine with it. It's just reps like anything else. Let's talk about the game today though, which since this is take three, I have of course closed down. The Guardians won four to three in today's game. Uh, that is a five game winning streak. How about the fact, you know, what stood out to me in this one that throughout this series, the Tigers put a good run together in the ninth. They actually, you know, came back to tie up the game today, uh, but you know, Class A had to come in on Tuesday. Uh, they got base runners uh, to second base in the ninth yesterday. But at the end of the day, Cleveland picks it up. It is one of those situations where I had to laugh when I saw Eniel had a blown save slash win. And his his gave me some heartburn. I'm not gonna lie. Much like '99 yesterday, when it was bases loaded and it goes three one, and I'm like, you can't walk in. You can't walk the winning run in uh and then throws a 96 mile an hour fastball down the down the middle you're like thank goodness we are facing the tigers because <laughs> they are awful the funny um tv thing of the day was the debate between who would they rather face harold castro or willie castro because you know willie had three hits today i'm like the tigers have one league average hitter it's harold castro after him you know you feel comfortable about everything they would much rather face Willie than Harold, even though Willie has three hits and does play better against the Guardians in general. I still think Harold is is the concern. Uh, who reached base multiple times in this? Stephen Kwan reached three times. Uh, we had Owen Miller reach base twice. Oscar Gonzalez reach base twice. Had the game-winning hit. And then uh, Ty Freeman and, did I say, uh, Andres Jimenez also did. Uh, so it was multiple people. And in terms of pitching... Strong start by Plesak. Six and a third, four hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. Strikeouts are big for him, right? We want to see those strikeouts creeping up. That is when he's effective. 
Vino Saros had that piece where he talked about him as one of the players of the last few months who's seen a rise in his stuff plus rating. Uh, Henches comes in, is reliable. Stefan, I still believe in, not his best outing. Uh, Shaw was great. And then, you know, I just want to say uh, real quickly to, to Justin out there, you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree, bud. <laughs> I appreciate your, your, your enthusiasm and I appreciate your stance. And uh, here's the thing with Brian Shaw. I hate that I'm a hater because <laughs> his first time through, I was, you know, I was the king of Shawsome. I will still stand that he is one of the 10 greatest relievers in the history of this franchise. He appeared in enough games. He was a rubber arm guy. He was really good. Listen, you're a, you're a baseball reference on fan graphs. I, I see it is funny where like he was worth 1.3 to baseball reference and he's a negative value over the last five years at fan graphs. Fan graphs kind of values looks at the, from what I understand, like kind of, you know, the value, what value is actually brought per appearance where baseball reference is kind of looking at whole, uh, whole cart and you know a guy who appears in a lot more just has a lot more opportunities to have had positives uh, either way you and I have different views this was a great one he was strong today first save in over a year I'll just say he was great today and move on <laughs> from that uh, box score bingo eight hits two walks two hit batters of course you know Andres Jimenez one of those guys who got hit three errors uh, by Detroit, so that is 15 opportunities. Should be closer to five runs. Cleveland only had four in this one. Other side, seven hits and three walks. That is 10 opportunities. That's about three runs. Uh, your three stars, you got to give one to Plesak. It's a quality start. You got to give one to Oscar for the game-winning hit and having a multi-hit game. And then I think you go with Quan for the home run and having two walks or each base three times. I know, you know, Andres, I keep saying his name. I know Jimenez, no, that's not right. I'm going to give me one. It is Jimenez. So, yes, Jimenez. You know, Jimenez also reached base three times. But I think those are the three. Uh, you got to go to the home run, the game winner, and the quality start. Uh, you know, this team is a game and a half up. Fifth best record in the American League. I can't help but think back to the preseason. We did our you know, round table here on Locked On. And the last two years, I've just heard from people expecting this Guardians team to bottom out to be a bad team. You know, I basically had to hear why this is the least interesting team in the division, why, you know, this is not, a, you know, a team that's going to go anywhere. They're going to be, you know, fourth at best in the division. That was kind of the consensus view. Maybe worst. I'm like, hold on, people. You can go back. You can watch that video here if you don't believe me. I, on that podcast, talked about the fact that sometimes quantity is more valuable than quality. And I know everyone's excited about Torkelson and Green and Bobby Witt but the Guardians have so much depth that those young players are going to help them. I didn't necessarily expect to this degree, but by the way, Stephen Kwan's been better than every single one of those guys I just mentioned. And the depth has helped out. Oscar Gonzalez, what he has done this year, what the young relievers have been able to come step up and do, switching roles. Henches was never a reliever, really, a little bit towards the end of last year, but that's there. And then just the thing I talked about on that show is, yeah, the Guardians, didn't. not only did they not lose anyone from an 80-plus win team, Shane Beaver missed almost the entire year, right? He missed half the season. Almost the entire year isn't true. Half the season. Uh, Savale missed more games last year than this year, I want to say. And Zach Plesak missed significant amounts of time. Tristan McKenzie started the year so ineffective, he had to go to AAA and get straightened out. McKenzie's had struggles this year, but nothing compared to last year. And after his four-game struggle, 
he's been arguably the best reliever or best really best pitcher on this team and that's with Shane Bieber still being a top five pitcher statistically by uh, just about every measure in the American League he doesn't get Cy Young talk but he probably should this team is just completely different and better in every way even the bullpen you know Trevor Steffen and the step he has taken from a year ago you look at what Henches has added. Eli Morgan before he, you know, this whole weird situation with him now. The bullpen is improved. The Everything on this team is so massively improved. I predicted about 88 wins. I think they could beat that. Fifth best record in the American League. Game and a half up in this central. And Toronto on the horizon. If you are not excited about this team, <laughs> Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams are sitting there in double A. Uh, Brian Rocchio is down in double A and he looks... He looks like a clone of some of the recent infielders that have come up through this system. Those don't excite you, go watch the Arias, uh, Gabriel Arias home run from tonight. The absolute moonshot he hit. Uh, how about you know the, the, the guys like Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen, who are going to help soon. The time is now, but the time is also for the next four years. This is a, a sleeping giant that is awoken. This isn't a situation where you look at, okay... Detroit graduated their top two guys. Neither of them are performing well. But they've got... Oh, that's right. They already graduated all the pitchers. And a lot of them... There's just waves and waves. And it's going to keep going for this Cleveland Guardians team. We're going to take our first break. Come back. And we're going to talk about some... You know, we're going to get into Jose. we got to get into Jose on today's Lockdown Guardians. Speaking of, of uh, talking about things, we need to talk about your liver health. Because your liver is what keeps your body clean. It is your filter. It is, you know, in your body, anything bad, your liver takes care of it. It's like your um, blanking. It's like a security detail for your body. And liver liver health formula by Pure Health Research contains eight liver liver boosting super nutrients. Having a hard time saying liver today. All of which work together to wake up that sluggish liver and help. It do its job to flush the toxins and to help you burn fat. No more belly bloat, no more uncomfortable digestion, and best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit. Curb Fit is a safe, all natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. That makes it the perfect complement to the Liver Health Formula. Go to getliverhealth.com backslash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhealth.com dot com backslash mlb to try the liver health formula completely risk-free claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order go to getliverhelp.com backslash mlb to get started today okay so let's talk jose now i'm gonna throw something up here for uh the video people and if you're not a video person don't worry I will describe in detail what I'm showing. This, what it's going to pop up here if I do it right. And tell me if this is working, by the way. Video people, here's your job. Does this work when I show my screen? Because I have to minimize to show it so I don't get to see. So this is players who've had 120 plate appearances since the infamous Colorado series, since Jose had his injury. Jimenez, top hitter on the team, 144 runs created plus. Uh, been worth two war, 2.2 defense, 10 points. I mean, he's been across the board awesome. Uh, yes, high bat pit, but you'll see the top three all have high bat pit, but they're all very fast. But yeah, there, there is a little bit of playing over their head for, for uh, Jimenez, Quan, and Rosario. But next up, Quan and Rosario are tied at 132 and runs credit plus. It's interesting. Fangraphs doesn't love Quan's defense. Likes some meds, so he has the higher war. 
they've excelled. It's been the central part. And then after them is a little bit of a step down. Actually, a, a pretty big step down, but still great production with Josh Naylor at a 111. Now, they hate his defense and base running, but he has been a very productive bat. What's interesting is looking at this list is the strikeout percentage. The highest is Jimenez at 19, uh, 19.8%. Nobody over 20%. At five, though, since that Colorado series, Jose Ramirez is at a 98 runs created plus that means 100 is league average he's basically average but i mean he's still a little below he's been below league average this is a guy who before that injury was you know up there with aaron judge for the best player in the american league he had been that good and now he's been pedestrian you go back to when he had his last um issue there had been a slight health issue i believe before uh you know and, and it led to him changing his approach and he stopped pulling the ball and that really affected him back 2018, 2019. Then he ended up what break, you know, he got healthy, broke his handmate, powered through that, and then came back. And he's been stellar since. He's not bad, but he's a different hitter. You remember earlier in the year before this, he was walking more and he struck out. That's not the, now he's striking out over two to one. Now his strikeout rate is still minuscule, 12.1% compared to most people. But compared to Jose, that is high. He is not, he is being much more aggressive. He's swinging at pitches. He shouldn't, he wasn't, not necessarily he shouldn't, but he wasn't swinging at earlier in the year. The patience is gone, which, you know, partially could be when he got hurt. I I broke my thumb. When you break that, it affects everything. You probably, you know, you're not looking to foul off a lot of of hits. You were trying to go up, make contact, and, and move. And I feel like that whole hyper aggressive approach that we started to see is stayed and this is the problem playing through that injury if he could have if he had just been given the time to rest maybe none of this happens he comes back just keeps going fine but playing through injuries is sometimes the worst thing you can do because you start doing different things subconsciously because of that injury to avoid pain it changes what you do even if you're not trying to like protect that thumb you are subconsciously making choices your body does not like pain does not think you should do things when you're injured and he may not even realize what he started to do but he's been a completely different hitter this is not an mvp candidate it is a average bat uh you can see down the list i mean he is closer since that series mid-june he is closer in terms of his offensive production to framil reyes than he is to josh naylor you know 11 points from reyes uh, 13 from Naylor. You can also look down Miles Straw. I still think Miles Straw is going to be close to about mid 80 runs created plus. His bat pip is low, and his career runs created plus is like an 84. That's with this year dragging it down. He's been unlucky, but that elite defense is why he still has a 0.4 war. It's why his war is almost as high as Naylor's uh, because the defense is so good. And I know people are like, oh, you know, the Guardians. The Guardians are never going to trade him. He is good friends with Jose. They gave him that long-term contract because they have been looking for an elite defender in center field with a passable bat for a long time. That was supposed to be Oscar Mercado. It was not. He is there to stay. He is the center fielder. Hate to break to everyone. Whatever they're going to do in right field, Straw is the center fielder for the next five years. They gave him a five-year contract for a reason. Quan's going to be in left field. Right field, may the best man win. That's essentially what we are facing here. And then you can see Owen Miller. And Owen Miller, it's just been rough. I'm going to flip over because you got to talk about Owen and show another screen here from Fangraphs. Look at this month to month. 
where his for March and April he had that 227 runs created plus. Since then, 60, 42, 84, 20 in August. If you look at his whole career, I had someone get mad at me and be like, okay, you're going to send away the next Brandon Phillips wedge. And I'm like, okay, so Phillips was three hundred under 400 plate appearances over four years. That's how few opportunities he got. Owen Miller has gotten 560 opportunities over the last two years. And outside of March and April, he has been about a 70 runs created plus. He has been severely below league average. And then the other thing, Tito's, you know, using him as a platoon bat. <laughs> Problem is, he doesn't have the traditional platoon splits. He's better against righties than he is lefties this year. Now, the bat pip against lefties is very low. Uh, but still, I mean, look at the slugging percentage. It's higher versus righties. You're sending him out on the platoon, and that's not what he's good at. He's not good against lefties. He's really, it, he, you're not getting any value with him there. So it's, uh, he's not good. I mean, he's really not good. He's got a negative, well, I guess he still managed to get a positive war, which I don't know how that happens this year with, uh, I guess because he started out so hot. He still hasn't diminished away, but yeah, the last two years, I just don't see enough. 71 runs created plus. They, here's the thing. He should totally be on the team. I am not saying cut Owen Miller. I'm not saying get rid of Owen Miller. I am saying get rid of video capture. What I am saying is, Ty Freeman should play every day. First base isn't that hard. Everyone's like, oh, you got to give Ty uh, Owen Miller credit. He's learning on the field. Okay, if he can learn on the field, why can't Ty Freeman, who's a better athlete and was better up the middle defender? I think Freeman would be fine there, and I think he's got a higher ceiling. Uh, Owen Miller works as a bench bat who can play in multiple spots. Freeman should play every day. And... You know, I don't know what you do. And then here's the bigger problem. Having Jones and Benson up at the same time is superfluous. Um, is that even the word I want? I don't think I said it right. But, I mean, I I get it. Jones can't really hit lefties. And Benson really can't hit lefties either. But they need to let those young kids play. And Owen Miller can't hit lefties either. So why not just throw out a young kid? Let's let them get more reps, get more chances to adjust, and get coached up a little bit more in those opportunities. Owen Miller isn't part of this court going forward. It's very clear looking at the data that he is at best a backup. And when you got so many young players coming through, you know, it, maybe someone wants to acquire him. Maybe someone needs some depth up the middle. But I, I honestly think right now, um, you know, he's kind of moved into that role that I talked about for Clement, the last guy on the roster. He runs well, so you know he's a pinch runner, defensive replacement, can play a few spots uh, and pinch hit. But in the playing four times a week role, it's, it's too much. The same thing it was with Clement, and we have enough data to show it. We're going to take a break, come back, and talk about this Toronto series, and hopefully get to some mailbag questions. Our first sponsor today are the good folks over at Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999 they've helped millions of couples create the perfect engagement ring blue nile is committed to ensuring the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings online jeweler blue nile will allow you to create bigger and more brilliant pieces than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional real retailer 
Expert advice 24-7, legendary service with 30-day returns. When you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Our other fantastic sponsor are our good friends over at Bet Online. Let's go see what Bet Online says about tomorrow's Guardians uh, Blue Jays matchup. Uh, Bet Online has you covered. Doesn't matter the sport. We're right across the top as I go there now. Sports, live betting, casino, racebook, poker, esports, contest, promos, all of it. They got you covered over at Bet Online. Uh, that's where I go for all of my odds. I use Bet Online to help me try to handicap the MLB draft this year because I knew that they knew all the info that you I that could help me. You know, that we know that Vegas knows before we know. Bet online has you has that knowledge, has you covered. Uh, Toronto is, you know, as the home team is minus one and a half to plus one and a half. Over under of nine, Quantrell versus Jose Barrios. I kinda like the under in that one. Uh, if you like that, go to Bet Online today. Bet Online has you covered. Remember to use your mobile device or your computer to learn more about the action. Bet online where the game starts. Wow, did I really do an exact two-minute read? That never happens for my, my ad reads. I, I often meander uh, like I do on the show. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It is certainly a matter of opinion. <clears throat> so let's, you know, I, I do want to get, I'm going to do a few mailbag. Well, here, let's. That's silly. Let's just get into this. Let's go over and do the one-by-one comparison to the um, the Guardians and the Blue Jays. When we're talking about the Blue Jays, this is a team that... This is kind of a chance for Cleveland to, to make a stand. Because, you know, the, the whole stance is like, oh, Cleveland would be fifth if they were in the American League. They would be sixth if you added them just straight. They'd be the worst team in the American League East. And that's, you know, not fair nor true. But just talking about this Toronto Blue Jays team, I somehow managed to get... Uh, that's not what I wanted. I clicked the wrong link uh, twice. So I got two roster resources instead of getting a stat page. It's just talking about Toronto in general. Uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk has been their top performer. What a year by the catcher. Vladimir Guerrero still is Vlad. Those guys are both over 140 runs created plus. You got Matt Chapman at a 122 having a huge rebound. That is a great trade that they made to get him. George Springer at a 122 as well. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez. I thought he might be a flash in the plan, plan, pan during the 2020 season, but he's just kept it going. He's still being incredibly productive at 128 runs created plus. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., the younger Gurriel, is at a 121. I mean, it's just kind of crazy to go through and down. It's like uh, Bobuchet at a 105, Kevin Biggio 103. Again, uh, I will say Santiago Espinal is at a 93. That great story from the start of the year has definitely faded a bit as the year has gone on. Uh, they probably still need a new third base. Well, no, they have the third base. What they need is a second baseman. Um, looking into next year unless they you know, feel like Kevin Biggio can really step into that and hold down that position for them. Uh, during this last week, Espinal played three games at second and Kevin Biggio played three at second and two at first base for them. Uh, 
haven't done the one-to-one preview in a while. I mean, let's go through catcher to catcher. I believe, let's see. So Springer is currently hurt. He is uh, has elbow inflammation. They're down many pitchers. Uh, and then, do they consider Kirk the DH? I'm very confused by this. Yeah, so I guess because Kirk has played three games of catcher and Danny Jansen has played three games of catcher, either way, catcher is an advantage for Toronto in this matchup. Moving to first base, um, that's Vlad Guerrero. That's advantage Toronto. Moving to second base, I'm going to go with Espinal as their second baseman. That is Vance Cleveland. Moving to shortstop, Bo Bichette versus Ahmed Rosario. Right now, that's advantage Cleveland. So we are tied up. Moving to third base, Matt Chapman versus Jose Ramirez is currently advantage Toronto. Chapman is having a better year especially when you look at the fall-off for Jose Ramirez. I never thought I'd get there, but, I mean, I think you have to say that. You have to be there and be honest about this situation. Moving on to DH, Kevin Biggio is who I'm kind of viewing as their DH for Cleveland. Is it Owen Miller? I mean, that's that's advantage them. Uh, So they have a, what, two-position advantage moving to the outfield. Center field is currently Whit Merrifield for them. He has played five games there. Cleveland has Miles Straw. Now, Whit Merrifield is not the Whit Merrifield of many years ago. He has an 80 runs created plus and a negative defensive value. I consider this a push, honestly, because at least Straw brings some defensive value. Merrifield brings minor offensive advantage, while Straw brings massive defensive advantage. Uh, to me, that is a push. Moving into left field, uh, Gurriel versus Stephen Kwan. Gurriel's been good. Kwan's been better. Advantage Cleveland. And then moving into right field, Teoscar versus Oscar Gonzalez. That is advantage to um, to Toronto. So it is a two-position advantage. When you look at the pitching matchups, Berrios versus Quantrell. That should be advantage to Toronto. I know Barros has had up and down, ups and downs. Kevin Gausman has been utterly fantastic. Kenzie's been great, but that is advantage Toronto. And then uh, Kikichi versus Bieber. That is advantage Cleveland. Where Cleveland is, has a huge advantage is bullpen. Toronto's bullpen is not good. Um, Jordan Romano has been their closer, and he has been you know, a little up and down. Uh, Yimi Garcia, who they, you know, they went out and traded for Anthony Bass. They added Adam Simber two years ago in a trade. David Phelps, uh, Zach Pop, they also got in that trade with Bass. It, it's a bullpen that needs some help. Julian Merriweather is uh, strained oblique. He is currently out. They've had, you know, a lot of relief. Let's see, Tim Miza has shoulder disc uh, dislocation. Tyler Saucedo has hip discomfort. They're just... Ross Stripling, who's been a reliever and a starter, is also strained glute. Their bullpen is not good. That is the weakness of this team. That is certainly, that's the thing where this offseason, there might be a logic if Cleveland is not going to keep um, hedges. If they decide, you know, Maley is not worth going to arbitration for. If you're not going to go trade the farm for Sean Murphy, it's something like Danny Jansen makes sense. You know, I'd have to really dive into his um, framing data to say for sure. But this is a guy who, you know, has a 104 runs created plus this year in 36 games, 120 at-bats. Last year in 205 plate appearances in 70 games, he had a 105 runs created plus 
Fangraphs gives him positive defensive markers. Uh, he's a, you have, he is what, you get him for 23 and 24, so he's only a two-year guy. He is probably going to go up a little bit. He's going to be closer in cost to what Hedges was this year. But, you know, would Toronto trade their backup, who could be the, you know, a good option to, to if Bo Naylor is going to be up sooner rather than later to give you depth, but also is used to that role? Potentially, I mean, Gabriel Marino is a pretty rare prospect, and Alejandro Kirk is already there, and, you know, they have the depth to potentially make it work. What could work in Cleveland's advantage is, one, up the middle talent, someone who could move into a, you know, a second base role for Toronto, though at the same time, you know, Orvelis Martinez is not far away. He's been a top prospect for Toronto for a while. Two, maybe some of those bullpen depth, maybe some of those choices. Now, obviously you're not trading him 99 because he can't go and pitch there, but, you know, uh, you know, in the, I will say the thing with Martinez is he's been a, he's one of those guys who's been rated because he was a big money guy, but and he did really well, like, in rookie ball. But, like, for instance, this year in double A, 102 runs created plus with a 30% K rate. That's not encouraging. I, I just think that there is a world where it makes a lot of sense for Cleveland and Toronto to talk this offseason um, with Toronto's catching depth, with Cleveland's uh, infield and potential relief depth, if you want to call it really, especially if Cody Morris gets added this pen. Uh, I mean, someone like Nick Sandlin is an interesting relief arm they've got you know adam simber they've got kind of a another i mean sandlin's almost a righty specialist in my mind uh simber is is similar but could they i mean i think there's a logic to it let me know what you think on that uh and we're at 29 minutes so uh, i'm gonna do one mailbag because i promised mailbag let's see who uh the first person uh this all reset itself of course to send me a mailbag question was at the top of this um Oh, I should also clarify, uh, they won't get a draft pick for Stephen Kwan even if he finishes top three because he wasn't a top 100 prospect because the rule is dumb. You have to have been a top 100 prospect listed by ESPN, MLB, or Baseball America. Kwan maybe should have been listed. Is it the Guardians' fault that they that he wasn't listed because undersized guys always get undervalued and because low-power guys get undervalued? Um First question at the corner podcast is Gabriel Arias the first middle infielder prospect off the island? No, because he's been hurt all year. He doesn't have a ton of trade value compared to where it was. He's not the guy they're moving. He's not a centerpiece right now. I really like him, but I don't see him centerpiecing. They're not going to sell low on him, so I don't think so. Um, if they moved in infielder, like if they're going out to make a big deal, I hate to see Rokio go, but he's the guy. Like he's the one who can centerpiece a deal. I just don't think like. I'm not even sure Arias can help you as the Arias can help you as the center field or the centerpiece for Danny Jansen. I'm not sure that's that gets you over the top there. Uh, hey, of course I got to take one from Aaron. I know you've addressed it a little, but what is up with not playing Jones and Benson and strictly platooning Jones? Clement wasn't so strictly platooned. Listen, Jones is terrible against lefties, uh, but this year actually in the minors he was showing some improvement in that area. Historically, he has been awful. I don't have an answer other than, like, Tito hates to play young guys unless he absolutely has to. And then once they play, if they prove themselves to any degree, they're with him forever. You know, that's what happened with Clement. Clement proved himself to any degree. It's, it's you know, what's the expression? The devil you know. To, it For Tito, is 100% the devil you know. He knows those guys better. They're there. They get the job. These young kids, well, you know, Oscar Gonzalez didn't have a choice. Everyone was hurt. 
So he was up and playing. Nolan Jones, you might say, well, he had that opportunity. Well, he had Oscar longer. Uh, Follow-up, would it be best to send down Benson if he's not going to play? I, I feel like, yeah. I think both those players, Benson and Jones, would more benefit from a little more. They've both done a lot to change their swing, maybe more so with Jones because he's missed time with injury. I think I would go the other way. And I know this is crazy because I'm like the Nolan Jones stan and the Will Benson doubter. I keep Benson up because he's had a full season to play. Jones has had more of that injury history. Give him more reps. I think he needs the reps more. And he's had such a massive swing change that you don't want it to like come undone because he's not playing. Uh, and last one, biggest surprise so far this year from uh, Cactoid Jim. I think it, it's got to be Oscar Gonzalez. He was not on the 40-man. They didn't protect him. He was a minor league free agent who came back. He could have walked. He, he could have gone out that door and signed with anyone else He decided to stay in Cleveland. Then they didn't protect... Well, they didn't protect him first, and then he walked. And then he's been... You know, I talked about it on yesterday's show. He's sixth in the American League amongst rookie hitters in war. He's ahead of Jose Miranda. And that may not stay, but he is sixth in the American League amongst rookie hitters. And it has been a deep class in the American League. He has been better this year than Riley Green or Spencer Torkelson, who have been, you know, much bigger names. He's approaching the same war as Bobby Wood Jr. Now, I'm not saying that those guys, he's going to have a better career than them long term. I'm still, you know, cautiously optimistic, but I think that is the biggest surprise. I've been Jeff Ellis. has been Locked On Podcast for this week. If I didn't answer your question, don't worry. I'm saving them. We'll get to them at a later point in time. Please uh, subscribe on YouTube. We're getting closer to 500. I don't get any benefit from the YouTube outside of the fun of interacting with people, which is fun. And it has helped revitalize me with this podcast when I fell a little down earlier in the year but getting to a thousand subscribers is huge so go ahead click subscribe and then hit the little bell and say don't send me any notifications that's fine just subscribe getting to a thousand makes it so you know this it just it helps me if you like this podcast i've never tried to sell merch i have never done anything i make all of my writing free all the content here is free everything is free right it's free my one ask, you know, it's great if you can download daily as well. My one ask is if you have a Google account, just subscribe on YouTube. And again, you don't have to watch a single video. You don't even have to keep notifications or anything like that on. You know, just subscribe. Uh, I'm going to end the show there. As I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.